A word to the wise. We are an explicit podcast, tackling content with adult themes, as well as entering spoiler territory if you aren't caught up with us. Hey there, this And I'm PJ. And I'm Ben. And I'm Aaron. And I'm Thomas. And together we are Words and Whiskey, a podcast for veteran and novice readers alike. We tackle fiction novels and love to talk about what we're drinking. You should think of us as your intoxicating weekly book club. Now, do you think anybody noticed that Cross wasn't here? I think we played it off pretty well. We have multitudes of Cross here. We are our, all the children of Crossland. Cross looked at my notes and added one thing. So I think I am become Cross, devourer of joy. We are <laughs> children of the father of the podcast, Words of Whiskey. Yes. So all you lovely listeners out there, Cross, you know, he. we don't know what happened to him. He left about a week ago, he said, heading out to he get some lotto tickets and a pack of sage. I haven't seen him since. He must have won. Yeah. And, you know, listeners out there, I'm not the co-host. I'm the host that stepped up. You know what I mean? I think Cross got abducted by Barukhan gangsters. Mm. Oh, wow. That's a good call. So we need to pay up We're gonna to get him back. Training montage. Ed's going to give it to you. We're going to save you, Cross. I think the fact that he hasn't called any of us means that maybe someone else is taking care of it and we... I don't know. We can just kind of wait it out. The B team, probably. He knows, he knows we won't pay up. <laughs> so we'll descend with our yeah. finest fists and fingers and save them. Will we? <laughs> I don't know. I'll consider it. But if I, I had won't, but I'll think about it. Fists and fingers. Hmm. I might. Did anyone else think those Danny Sinjo movies sounded a little sexual? <laughs> Like fast the, fist. The fast fist. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't considered that, but you know, <laughs> now I am. That's I just where thought I'm at. I pictured a guy just like rabbit punching a, another man in the chest <laughs> or in the throat. Maybe that's why nobody liked the third one. Who knows? Took a turn, yeah. but uh, I don't know how to segue into that. Regardless of turns, <laughs> today is our fifth episode, and we'll be tattling. Chapters 36 through 45 in Jade Legacy by Fonda Lee. But before we dive in, let's talk about our featured cocktail, which is, PJ and I have it. It's very laborious for you listeners out there. It's inspired by our guy, Carl Rulinshin. He's got a cool shirt, non-reactive to bullshit. And so listener Ivana, we're going to shout her out. She, she suggested... We do straight vodka, made that a featured cocktail. I don't have vodka. I have gin. I'm a gin guy. And so, PJ, bottoms up, my friend. Cheers. British version of Astrovia. (laughs) Oh, you took a shot of gin. Wow. Nothing good ever happens when you take a shot of gin. I don't know if I've ever taken a shot of gin. Last time I did it was 3.30 in the morning. shot material. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I was... Shouldn't take shots after midnight. No, you should not. It was not good. Uh, My friends came into the kitchen, saw saw me doing it. They're like, what's going on, buddy? 
What kind of gin okay? did y'all just take a shot of? Well, I, I tell you, but they didn't pay me to, so I will not. Is it flowery? Mine was Bombay Sapphire. Mine was not. Which is not super flowery, Ugh. but very flavorful. Well, Ben and I are drinking Negronis, which have gin in them, and it's also... I don't know if you've noticed the only cocktail I know how to make. <laughs> you must be really good at it, though. <laughs> she is. It's it's pretty easy. Three parts. I can do three equal parts. No math involved. Thank you. I'm not the engineer here. Isn't there a fair amount of math in architecture? Nope. Mm. That's what the engineers do. It's all on math. <laughs> all right. It's where the 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 mortal enemy ship between architects and engineers come in here do giving us math, things you, to please. produce that are impossible <laughs> calculate this bitch <laughs> <laughs> all right just kidding we're best friends mm-hmm. i'm not a civil engineer so i just work on machinery Does that mean you're a hostile engineer <laughs> I do not work with architects. Haven't yet. So that was good. As a rule, as conviction, I refuse to work with architects. I'm kidding. I would love to work with with one now. (laughs) Jokes on you. We're fighting. We're fighting. Well, we're mad at each other. Put that aside because we have to talk about the chapters. PJ, Ben, Aaron, how'd you feel about this week's reading? Action packed. Yes. Very exciting. Yeah. I, I was, I, I kept, listening to it today i listened to it three times today the entire series of chapters it's so much fun it's a fun set of chapters i liked rue's perspective in college i liked is that the first rue perspective that we've gotten i think it's his point of view when they go to watch the duel with Otto, but he's like a little shithead kid yep yep you're right yeah i I really like that too rue's growing mm -hmm. on me Nico's still annoying. Get to see Tar. <laughs> yeah. Dude, when Tar did the throat punch, I was like, yes. I like really wanted it to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then it happened. I was like so excited that like what I wanted to happen happened right when I wanted it. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was nice. I yeah, had lost hope of feel in that, that happening. Feel that building. Yeah. Yeah. That's you interesting. You feel PJ. the anticipation of action. What'd you mm-hmm. say, PJ? When they had mentioned that it had been a year of working towards this, I had like lost hope in it being that plan or any sort of inside man thing. But so, so, so happy to see it pay off like that. Also, they were absolutely not rolling with enough security in Shotar. Oh my God. I have, I have fucking notes about that, Ben. (laughs) let's save it like what are we doing i have thoughts (laughs) like aren't the shatarians like your old school mortal enemy where you're just like oh we'll be friends and they know it's crawling with gangsters they know it's like one of the strongest areas of the mountain two green bones it's like it's shade let's save it let's ask him for it yeah but yeah it seems like we're ready to get into the chapters she's older than 40 it said Andon's like 38. Yeah. And I was like, Andon's older than me since when? Yeah, she's when? like 50 now. I know she has a kid, I think there, so she's probably like mid-40s. 40. She was 40 when Tia when was born. When she had the kid? Yeah. yeah. And Tia's like, what, 
these six? these smaller time jumps almost made it harder to keep track of time than the big yeah. ones because you're like, ah, we've moved like 10 months, so how old is everybody? You have to do a lot of math. So that brings us to chapter 36, A Fresh Start. We open this week with the bad cat himself, John Remy, who after learning that her old friend Mate Tar has made his way to Restville and been asking after him, he has the former pillar man of No Pete brought to him. The pair talk, and Tar agrees to work for Remy. So I feel like most of what's interesting about this chapter sort of paid off later in chapter 41. But there are a few interesting things here as well. Remy, for all his lack of decorum and in calling him a boar, B-O-O-R. And, you know, (laughs) so he's got no class. He's got no subtlety. He's actually pretty good at being a crime boss. You know, he's paranoid, not overly so. He's like keeping himself safe at all times, knows he has a lot of enemies. Maybe Dopey could learn a thing or two from him. Yeah, he, like, sends his people ahead to scope the restaurants. He's ready for an assassination attempt. Mm-hmm. Unlike Shay, apparently. <laughs> that was, like, unlike Aguilar. Throwback sports I meme. Get, I don't get it. Three other people will, and it'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm clueless. But I think this is a big so so I like to think that maybe they could learn something from this. No peak being they mm-hmm. in this scenario, but they don't need to in most cases. Going out to eat, like they're going to places that are their places. Mm-hmm. Like they own this section of the city and they don't really have to worry about one off assassination attempts. It just meant literally based maybe, on what we talked maybe about. Maybe through the, yeah, good point, good point, yeah. But yeah, in general, obviously, there's no reason to, except for clanless future movement, who can kind of weave between the lines a little bit. Yeah, but, but they've been ostracized and decimated. A little fucks. So when this first happens, did you immediately think you know Tar's doing this for no Pete? Did you think maybe he had fallen to the dark side a little bit, desperate for work? It was weird. I, at first, I did not consider the fact that he could be like a sleeper agent for No Peak at all. Like, I thought, oh man, this is bad for Tar. But it's funny, like, this chapter, I was totally like, wow, this is bad for Tar. It's a bad look for him. He must be really off the, the rails. But as soon as the other, the, oh shit, as soon as the next chapter started with him, where it was like he's about to get his jade, I was like, "Oh shit, <laughs> I understand the plan now." Mm-hmm. So I don't know why, but just mentally, that's kind of where I was at. I thought that I didn't think anyone from No Peak hired him. I thought he heard that Remy was a problem, and he was like, "I'm going to redeem myself." So I thought he was like a sleeper agent of his own accord. That's exactly what so I, I thought, thought when I first read Yeah. It. I was like, oh, no, he's going to, like, get in trouble um, trying to, like, redeem himself, basically. I was in Ben's camp initially, the very first. And then, so first read through, totally, like, thought, oh, shit, like, he's... He's bad. He's been getting craving, like, jade cravings or something, and this is, like, his only viable way that he can think of to kind of soothe that craving and just thought darkness was creeping over him again. But in subsequent read throughs, there is some very, very, very clever 
writing being done on the on the part of Fonda Lee here in that she's pointing to perception and lying and everything and he never says anything that's a lie he's very very calculated in what he's saying to him like he's saying he hasn't talked to Hilo or what what's he say he'd never get jade from no peak. no peak he doesn't have a life like there the, he has nothing from no peak and no prospect to get anything from no peak and andon isn't even like technically in the clan right exactly also going forward a little mm-hmm. bit to the the andon chapter is this the first like flashback i i think we should save it for then probably but i think it is I okay think, i don't I don't know if I actually made a note. I meant to. Except but it is for kind the, of like, weird. Um, the interludes. Yeah. Well, the interludes. Yeah, that's true. But the, the first non-sequential, like, primary storytelling. I think we did a few, like, I think we did one when they set out to battle in Jade City. I think there's one with the grandfather. Okay. Like after Londice? I think so. Or like when he's going to meet Don Ash or something. Like there are a few, I think. And Andon has one where he flashes back to Lon coming to see him the previous year's pre-trials. Gotcha. But it, it is very rare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And it's. Well like done. We did all these time jumps. So it is that I think that made it more staggering in this book because we did all the time jumps to have one. Like a retroactive time jump was kind of weird. By like over a year yeah. back. Yeah, really, really well done reveal by Fonda like, through, through these. This is, again, maybe just a reference I'll get, but like in Psych, they do the... I love the, Psych. That's my favorite show. So you know how most episodes open with like his dad teaching him something, and then sometimes it'll flash back to it in the episode? It felt very yeah. much like that to me, where they're like, 18 months earlier. Yeah. This exact thing happened to set it up. I need to rewatch Psych. It's, it's the best. I haven't seen it in a long time. Oh my god. Same. All right. Anything anything else anyone wants to bring up for chapter 36? All right. Moving on to chapter 37, Leaving Home, the 20th year, third month. It's been about a month since Nico revealed his intentions to join GSI. And despite his aloof nature and self-assurance, he's having some last-minute jitters as he readies to board the plane to Espenia. He bids farewell to his uncle Andon and reminisces about Rue's determined attempts to make him reconsider the plan, reconsider his plan the previous evening. Andon waits expectantly for Hilo to show, and just as he gives up hope, the pillar arrives. Hilo gives his son a list of emergency contacts and tells him he has access to his bank accounts once again. After leaving, he gets into some just really cool spy shit and sends a young no-peak finger and two golden spiders undercover into GSI to help protect Nico while overseas. So this is just a very emotional chapter, honestly, and then I was thankful for the cool spy shit at the end because it was just like, <laughs> let me breathe, thank you. I'm glad yeah. Elo didn't cut him out and then have to cut Andon out, but I still think it's dumb that Nico's doing this. Yeah. Did you? So, was there any part of you that thought Hilo would cut both of them off? I mean, he could have. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't like set on him. I thought once the conversation was had, and and had the conversation, like Hilo would come around. Come around. Mm-hmm. I expected. Yeah, like that it was kind of set up for yeah. it to happen. Mm-hmm. 
I think transactionally, it's not really important. I like I, I think either way, Hilo would have come around at some point. But if it was about a transaction, Andon's too important to the clan at this point. And personally, to Hilo. Yeah, as we and, see later, especially. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was transactional. I think it was just him. Andon made him come to his senses and realize, hey, you can skip the five years of being bitter about this. And also, it's like, Hilo's grown. He's older. This is his son. You know, so he can forgive easier than he could in the past. I think that comes up also later on with when he's talking to Shay about parenting. Just an emotional week, honestly. And the end is so dark. It's just a lot. Yeah, the end leaves you just feeling real bad. So some couple, couple notes earlier in this. Uncle Landon is the only member of the family that Nito could be comfortably silent with, he says. Also calls him his favorite relative, which I feel like just makes a lot of sense given the parallels between the two. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, Andon's a good uncle. Mm-hmm. Just lets his nephew be himself and vibe. And it's interesting, too. Andy has, I... like, more empathy than, you know, Hilo does mm-hmm. for feeling out like an outsider in the family. Yeah. Given this this week's activities with Nico, I could see him following Andon's footsteps mm. and, and going the like the doctor route. I like the idea of just using Jade for good and for healing people as opposed to death. It's interesting. We do see Andon kind of get like a primer on being like, oh, medical channeling kind of cool. And then we have Hilo, or Nico here being like, here's a situation where if I knew how to do medical channeling. Would be pretty sick. But so, if I'm remembering math correctly, I think our architect and engineer could probably tell me better. Parallel lines do not touch. They mirror each other, but do not touch, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, Andon, growing up, so anxious to fulfill his duties and place in no peach his whole life. He's, like, anxious to pay off the debt. And it causes him to eventually do too much in the war with um, the Mountain Clan and withdraw from it. Nito just as bombarded with expectations and his inability to reconcile that with himself and how he views himself, how he views his place in the world makes him reject it entirely and like resent the expectations rather than embrace it. And so I just thought that was interesting to see them both end up peeling away from no Pete, but for like the same, but opposite reasons. Yeah. That's a good read. Yeah. It's a really good point. It's good Nico has at least someone in his life. Yeah. <laughs> with similar, you know, viewpoints. Yeah, a, a resource. Did Nico and Rue's conversation just like, was that sad for anyone else? I mean, it's it's like the 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 talent or the gift was given to the wrong kid, mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like Rue would Rue's kind of like all in for the clan and wants to be part of the family whereas you know, Nico obviously had a different upbringing. His parents were murdered. <laughs> so it's not as Some would say executed. As I, yes. I wonder if that difference in expectation is what causes that right. fervor like Rue, in Rue wanting to be able had, to do something. Yeah. yeah Rue wishes he had what Nico had and probably vice versa. I think that's 
mm-hmm. very much so. It's like how when in one of the previous books says like when you don't have expectations, you feel the lack of them your whole life. Yep. I thought it was kind of sweet that he was like, Rue's the only person that can convince mm-hmm. me. <laughs> yeah. So not to go. he does say yeah. that, but the way he deals with it, it's so fucked. And it, it reminded me yeah. kind of of the like, do want get. I don't want like, you know, when a kid has to scare <laughs> yeah. away the dog in movies and stuff. <laughs> but it was just so like, we're not kids anymore, Rue. Like, I don't know. I and mean, he says he has to harden his heart to prevent Rue from changing his mind, like you said, Ben, but it's still just be like and and they're kids kind of. I think Nico's twenty two or whatever, but like I don't know. It just it just made me sad for Rue. Mm-hmm. But I think Rue's also smart enough to understand what's happening. Yeah, I was going to say, Rue's going to be okay. He's yeah. got emo vibes and a sick t-shirt after this. And Coco. He's not a dog. The old dog Coco that still gets excited. Coco um, can't go to school, though. Pretty. I feel like, you know, I would call, if I'm Rue, I'm like, hey, read the last name. You know what I'm saying? I'm bringing Coco. I'm bringing my dog. Sneak him in Seems there. like the least of the abuses the tall children have gotten up to lately. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty true. So Hilo finally shows up, and Nito just very in his head about this. But, you know, I was pretty proud of how Hilo handled the thing. I think Nico is pretty mature about the confrontation as well. Mm-hmm. And, like, stifled the knee-jerk reactions. Which I know their family is like, that's a hard habit to drop given Shay and her knee jerk reactions all the time. Yeah. And Hilo, his whole life, Mm. he's just, he's his father's son. If Hilo had approached Nico while they were still at Andens, maybe there would have been more of a fight. But I think Hilo came after Nico was feeling like regretful and insecure about his choice. So Mm -hmm. I think he was a little less bullheaded and you know he was starting to feel the beginnings of homesickness so mm-hmm. i think Hilo probably caught him at a more vulnerable time which is why he was wasn't as knee jerky and he wants the money <laughs> i mean he also doesn't <laughs> seem to be accounts. he seems to be not like they say he's not good at voicing his emotions in the moment before like he seems like he kind of stews in things and takes time to think and reflect and then, you know, comes up with a perfect comeback a couple of days later. Me too, man. Which is super helpful in that conversation. <laughs> Do you have a quote here about their little final goodbye before we get to the cool spy shit? Hilo cupped a hand roughly around the back of Nito's head, pulling his nephew close and spoke in a low declaration. I would cut Jim Sinto's throat and burn his company to the ground if I thought he would, that would stop you. His grip tightened fiercely on the back of Nico's neck. But I know it's not about that. I love you enough to see that you have the right to hate me. Just remember, I only ever made the decisions I thought were best for you. Very Hilo. Also very Tony Soprano. Also very, like, dad. Dad shit. Mm-hmm. I only ever did I was proud of what Hilo I thought was best for you. It's like in every movie with yeah. parent. Sports dad. Conflict. Sports dad. He was such a sports dad. But that brings us to the. I I was proud of him for supporting the decision, despite the sort of venom in the delivery of that 
support. Like it is him saying like, I'm going to let you make your choices Mm -hmm. and be your own person, be independent. So, I mean, if it's the right decision or not, or if Hilo agrees with it or not, it's irrelevant. And he's still Hilo through this conversation, but he's a supportive dad Mm -hmm. at the end of it. Daddy Hilo. Gotta love him. Yeah, I feel like in Jade City, for sure, he would just break Nico's lives and bring him back home and be like, you know, he'll forgive me eventually for the broken lives, but you're not doing this. In Jade War, he probably, like, beats him and lets him go. And here, like, you know, it's just real growth from our guy, and we love to see it. Mm-hmm. All right. So Lote pulls up in the Lumeza FT Scorpion, which just sounds awesome. Like, I don't know what it is, but I do. <laughs> I, I drive a <laughs> FT Scorpion. You, you didn't know that? Cherry red, though, I'm betting. Doesn't even fit in my garage. So nice. big. I feel like it's asleep. That's how I pictured it. I don't know. But just the, like the way this whole scene is written, it, I don't, it was giving me like Charlie Angels vibes, kind of, but just like spy. And I loved it. So we got cool tar picking Hilo up at the curb. First fist of Jan Loon, first fist of the White Rats. So we see the new like organizational structure that Juen put in. Very formalized now. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a select team of Green Bones going in to infiltrate GSI and gather information and protect Nico. Yeah, this was definitely a movie scene. Yeah, this was show off the spy gadget yeah. shit. And it just was like, <laughs> we started off in like, the 70s and now we got cool watch watch the fuck watches with listening devices in them and other cool like bud j jewelry credit cards so they can like swipe in let them know like hey i'm in this country hey we're in this country Mm -hmm. yeah what what would be sort of the equivalent time like mid 90s I, i don't I thought that, and then all of a sudden there's, like, pretty casual cell phones at the end, which, is that mid-90s? Like, how casual the cell phones are brought up? I mean, wealthy families. Maybe. So, like, the, they existed. the Danes just had it for this one thing, maybe. I just thought it was, like, so crazy because there was a floppy disk in last week's reading, which, I mean, we had floppy disks even when I was using computers at first, I remember, but, like, so it wasn't that long mm-hmm. ago, but it feels forever ago. And... Then they're tracking fucking phone calls. They're tracing phone calls at the end of this week's reading. <laughs> yeah. Guess they were. Were they tech wizards? Are they tracing calls in point break? I don't remember. Yeah, things are things are accelerating. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah and it's cool too because like you know we obviously we spend like at this point twenty what is it twenty two years with this family? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's twenty two years at this point. But that's just twenty two years from Hilo becoming the horn, right? Mm-hmm. So it's even a little bit more than that. Yeah, it's probably like 23 all in. Because I think it's like the yeah. 22nd year, 10th month by the end or something of this week. Um, okay, so we have the spies. Obviously, we see Taiji Ino, I think, is with Nito. What do we think comes of these spies? Does Nito find out? Does Shimsunto find out? I feel like Nico has to know, right? You think he thinks he's just a random recruit? Yeah, yes. he definitely does. I mean, they stagger he it, so he's that. on different flights, and mm-hmm. they're like the, all three of them leave on separate flights. They're like different. Two aren't even no peak. Right, it almost makes it more obvious. 
Well, I mean, he doesn't yeah, know their flight schedule. That's mostly for Jim, I think. But that is interesting. You know, Jim's a high-up military guy. Maybe he'll figure it out. Seems but like there is, if anybody's going to figure it out, it's going to be Jim. And what would the repercussions be? We know they're not going to kill him. Yeah, they might, or I, even trip them badly. Does much other than just like strip them and fire them, fire them. Yeah, with so, a message I, probably. I don't know if you. I I think he'll find out only because because of this incident. Mm, okay. And it'll it'll come from Taji. Which is Taji will believe in Aisho a little bit more, maybe. Yeah. I feel like he has to tell and, a no peak person or something. Yeah, mm. something like that. It'll or or the cameras oh. that he's wearing are going to cause an incident. Oh, that's a good point. Cause that, yeah. Or cause some a reaction. His, be like, hey, some Hilo. Of his tech will be discovered. Yeah. Maybe. Hmm. I don't know. But they did a great job of like camouflaging the candidates. Mm-hmm. Like these are people that would very conceivably be better off running from no peace. Yeah, and only the family like, knows. Everybody else thinks they're bad. It was like full on. Like also shows how far no peace has come. With like this is a full on, well thought out scheme toppled together in like two weeks. That's what happens when you have resources. Mm-hmm. And like not psychopaths running your spy arm of your clan. <laughs> I wonder if this plan was in place before Nico was even considered or like considering joining. Like they, w- they just wanted people on the inside of GSI. Interesting. That is a good idea. It does seem like it came together pretty quickly. Or Hilo has been working on it since Nico declared he was joining. Yeah, before I guess even he yeah. wouldn't have a reason. So it'd be, be a month inside of GSI. Otherwise, yeah, I feel like Hilo would be just like think it's so dishonorable he wouldn't even want to spy on them. Like it wouldn't right. be worth the honor of those spies, but because his son is in danger. All right, chapter thirty-eight. We've got to do something. Barrow makes his slimy return to Jan Loon after six <laughs> years on the Uwiwin island of Awansa. He returns to the little persimmon bar and finds his old CFM colleague, Tadino, who catches Barrow up on some of what he's missed the past few years and hints at plans to start a renewed war between the clans. Maybe I, I feel like he alludes, I don't know what he does, but there's mention of a plan kind of to start a war between the clans or an idea. You yeah, that's know what, what I, I mean. Yeah, it was the bartender, yeah. right? I don't know the right that, verbiage, but he he more than hints at it. But that's all I could think of to say. Yeah, inciting clan violence. Yeah. Um, so Barrow just loves Jan Loon. Uh, kind of love to see it, I guess. Just like me for real in that in that sole single instance, love in his hometown. Yeah, what was the term? Like even I got rats it. have a I got this sewer quote. to call home. Um, the instant he was back in Jan Loon, however, Barrow felt better, as if he'd been slowly turning on a cooking spit for years and finally been plunged into a cool tub of salve. On his first day back, he sat on a park bench in Pawpaw, soaking the city back into his pores. The grease of street food, the sounds of the hawkers and cab drivers shout- shouting in Tetanese, the spring damp on his parched skin. Even garbage in Jan Loon smelled better than it did elsewhere. The rats were sleeker. The rats gotta get those sleek rats. <laughs> He's sleek? like those other rats, fat, 
Jan Loon rats. Fast as fuck, boy. <laughs> Look how rats. good that rat looks. I just He's wearing him. a top hat. He grabs the hat of the rat, brings it back. He's like, Look, what are these rats? This is what you should aspire to be. Tell him, Birdland, come to App Random. He's like, Look at these rats. Trying to leave them. And Barrow just can't stay away. Nope. We also he, learned. He needs drama to feel alive. He also ran out of money and doesn't was, really speak the other languages. Bored, yeah, and miserable. Tough that the food there sucks on an island. Not expecting that. I was expecting them to have some cool food going on. Which they very I mean, well could, it, and Barrow's just an idiot. Barrow, like, we, we talked about the, like, all the fruit and everything that Zapunya was eating in Yuiwa. Mm-hmm. Yuiwa? One of the, on one of the islands, is that the at least. Proper? Yeah. This is, a, like, a very specific island that Barrow's on. Oh, okay. But, yeah, he was like, they eat mush stuff in palm leaves. Mm. Could be good if it's the right kind of mush. Could be good. Yeah. He also, by his own words now, he's 36, which is interesting to know, which he categorizes as fucking old. Agreed. We had a bit of a conversation about this, or some some comments about this in the Discord. And you can roll your eyes about 36 being too fucking old, but it is like twice the age he should have made it to. Yeah. So It's fucking old when you don't have a job. Yeah. No, no legitimate skills to find a real job. He has to be no a criminal. No prospects. Yeah. He's not even a, a sugar baby. And he's got his fucked up half face. Yeah, and he can't even be like, hey, I'm young in a fucked up face. Tough. In his wizened old age, he has gone softer. He's more cautious. And for good reason. Like, he could get so <laughs> fucked here. You'd think he'd learn by now, so I'm glad he has <laughs> at least learned a little bit. I'm kind of surprised he didn't call and threaten Gallo and Birdland to be like, hey, I could write a best-selling novel here. You better pay me more. You know what I mean? Like, spill, spill the beans. That is a death wish. Just he's making he's that phone call is such a death that. wish. How do we think Tadino intends to stir up clan war? Clan on clan violence is not hard to stir up. All right, that was a political yeah. answer, Aaron. I want specifics. I want reckless speculation. Barrow's already done it. I was going to say, like, Barrow, Barrow has very experience like, in yeah. starting clan wars. <laughs> <laughs> he's already started one himself, so... He's first of all, he's at the right source with mm-hmm. with Barrow. Oh, I didn't think of that. <laughs> but yeah, it seems like causing trouble and making it look like it's the other side is the way to do it. How they harm Greenbones that are not overdosing on shine, you know, and having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but and are like now hyper aware of bombs, so it's right. You need some snipers, I guess. What if it's like like an attack ad, like political people do? We talked about this before. Smear Are campaign. you tired of your clan? <laughs> how is that going to do? How does that lead to war? That's what they should have done just when like they were the clanless future. They were just handing out fucking flyers. They should have been on TV and radio. No one asked me. Maybe technology has communists. advanced to the point where they have biological weapons wow. that they could easily have access to. They can get ignore the bombs, ignore the flashy things, just start a plague, poison the water supply. I don't know. 
still everybody in the city. <laughs> They're gonna go to the tallest state Just on and that poison side. the well. I like it. All right, chapter thirty nine. The Stone Eye Club. Call Rue, all grown up, he's in college, enjoying his newfound freedom. Feeling lonely, he goes to a meeting of the student chapter for the Charitable Society for Non-Reactivity, a club dedicated to overturning stigmas against Stone Eyes and Abuke. Despite his trepidation when he gets to the meeting, Rue strikes up an unlikely friendship with the club's leader, an intellectual, in quotes, provocateur named Dano. So I have a hot take so- here. Yes. Mm. Is it Dano from Red Rising? (laughs) Vru seems like the most normal, well-adjusted, healthy mindset having member of the no peak or a member of the tall family. 100%. He's just a normal (laughs) dude. Well, his sister's clearly a little aggressive. Listen, I have a whole list here. Nico rejected his expectations too strongly. A little creepy. Andin. Felt the responsibility, the pressure of responsibility to keenly, a little sad boy, a little depressed. Jaya kind of seems like spoiled youngest daughter. May have really suffered for the most from Wen's recovery, coupled with Hilo being busy and just like spoiling her. Two lats with her. We'll discuss that more next chapter, I feel like. Lan, Hilo, Shay just didn't really have a chance to turn out normal. Raised by their war hero father, who was our grandfather, who was evil. Grew up a totally different way from the kids in a post-war torn country. Not really modern, pre-modern industrial society here. Tia, she's still a baby, but just soft. <laughs> I love that. Six-year-old. Soft. Doesn't like soft. Hot Fucking soft. She's just like, can, what are we going to do? What a little bit. Hilo's like, that's fine. Ren's like, what are we going to Or Shay's like, what are we going to do? She cried about the thing literally titled... <laughs> That's Massacre. so funny. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, we're not trying. We're not cheering because they're dead. They're, we're cheering because they killed her. Or, I messed that up. You know what I mean. Yeah. <sighs> That's funny. Yeah, she's soft. For sure. Fucking soft. Yeah. Grow up. Grow up, kid. Rue seems great. He does seem overly trusting. Mm. Maybe yeah. a little naive in that sense. He doesn't, He he's not cautious enough he does kind of see the best and yeah like you said well adjusted he seems like a very normal like college kid like getting into clubs and kind of like alt groups and you know liberal thinking that kind of thing yeah he seems i think it's good for him yeah i think the scene where he goes to the library and interacts with the like aid there and then we get the stories of people coming up to him on campus and stuff it really seems like he, as a whole, has just like balanced the freedoms and lack of expectations that come with being non-reactive, but also like took in a lot of the characteristics of his mother of being like, I'm still part of the clan. I have to do what I have to and right. want to do what's best for the clan. And he's like, he just really seems in a lot of ways to be the best parts of Wen and Hilo. Yeah, I would agree. Like if you were to attribute a parent, I feel like that he's you know like much more like Wen. Jaya, obviously, much more like Hilo. Yeah, even like when we meet Hilo, he's he's twenty seven. He's and he's the horn, so he's a little more grown up. But it does make you think he probably was actually just like her in high school. Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought of that. So I I did think I know like the obvious com- comparison is him, but she just seems like a watered down and like 
crazier version of him, but it that does seem like the vibe he gave off then. Yeah, yeah. When we get into Jaya, I have some interesting thoughts on her, I feel like. Exciting. Exciting. <laughs> There's another, maybe I'm just soft, but heartbreaking bit on how he wanted to be Nico's right hand, kind of like how Wen is for Hilo. Mm. It's very sad. I and mean, like, mm-hmm. it might happen still. Who's to say? Who's to say? So what do we make of the Stone Eye Club? Seems good. I like it. Like, yeah, meet people that you have something in common with make yourselves feel better best way to meet people in school is to join a club yeah common interest and then like it's also something where like they can band together for you know a thing that's seen as a deficiency Mm -hmm. and make it into kind of their thing that makes them special which is cool yeah i i was kind of surprised at the beginning given that it's not called the stone eye club it's called the what, what's what's the term for i have it here charitable society for non-reactivity so i'm like okay probably mostly abuke i would assume and there is like it's five abuke people in this first meeting and then seven stone eyes but then it talks about how there's a abuke specific club on campus as mm-hmm. well so I'm like, okay, now that makes more sense. Cool. V- like, very cool to see not only the fact that this club exists, but that meeting talking about, like, we've all probably had experiences of feeling alone and, like, we're the only ones given this uh, deficiency as it's seen. And it's just great that Nico's falling in with people like him as as you're one to do in college. It, mm-hmm. it makes total sense, and it's... I think a great way to make Nico's perspective and story compelling and important and relevant to the to the greater story that's being told. Yeah, and showing other groups of people, showing non-clan or non-jade people that aren't like the antagonists, like the planless future. I think mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah, it's good for us from a reader's perspective to finally see that. Yeah. I also think it's good for Rue's growth as a person to have intellectual arguments and to have Dano like talking to him, quote unquote, disrespectfully. Or being like, hey, by the way, I don't agree with, you know, your what your dad does. You know, like, I think it's same for Nico. He's having people kind of disrespect him a little i think that'll make both of them like more fully formed adults i did not like dano annoying <laughs> i went to a very he seems like a kid you meet in college yes yeah i, was that. I went like... to a very liberal college and there's like a hundred kids like him like when he someone says parochial it's like dude shut up <laughs> yeah. like i don't care what anything else you said but I'm you can also see like why people would think he's cool, you mm-hmm. know? He's bold with his opinions. Yeah, and he's like, and he's drunk all the time. Yeah, and all he's the time into stuff, and he he had he just has stuff to say. He sounds smart, and you mm-hmm. know, like interesting. For me, a lot of times I listen to those people. I'm like, eh, this person's full of shit. Yeah, but sure. yeah, some people don't. They see it as like, oh wow, the person's confident and they've got a point of view, and so like at that point, you know, they those are natural kind of following situations so where do we think things go with rue and dano's friendship jaya has some concerns 
Oh, I'm sure. I think Jai is right. (laughs) Yeah, I think they'll probably, there will be like a big argument or something the clan does will make Rue kind of have to pick sides with this club and Dano and his family and he'll pick his family. You know, like, I think there'll be some conflict for him. I mean, how much book is left, though? There's a lot of storylines. Fair amount. Yeah. There's probably, what, like 300 pages left? Hey, I'm not going to lie to you guys. 250. It's satisfying. Things get wrapped up. Don't you worry. All right. (laughs) Am I allowed to say that, PJ? Because yeah, I did. Cross, cross isn't here. You can say whatever you want. I mean, we know you guys like the book, so you can say you were satisfied with the ending. <laughs> yeah, I, just, yeah. Yeah, if I don't were, think we'd I'd be, be like, talking about fuck? it if it wasn't satisfying. <laughs> be very annoyed at the end of this. <laughs> you guys are going to hate this ending. <laughs> guys, I'm not going to lie to you. Seven of these plot lines are drops. <laughs> I think the sort of, what, what's the phrase of it? looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck it's like a, it's chances a good... are it's probably a duck yeah dano maybe isn't actively involved in the clanist future movement and like the the violent anarchist as rue calls them all the time and is like he he will be soon if he's not already and rue seems to have these blinders on that like their conversations are strictly academic and that like he's saying things that are provocative and could lead people to think that he has these feelings and genuinely holds these ideals to be true we hold these truths to be self-evident that only create <laughs> sorry no no that's musical perfect. Tourette's Absolutely so, perfect. I, I can't imagine he doesn't follow through with these things that he's professing in a more real way. And I think that's going to burn you Rue, think that goes, or it's going to get Rue wrapped up into you it. I think that goes a violent way a and not like he becomes a politician that causes trouble for no peach or like something like that. I mean, that'd be he starts a third maybe party. the starts a new best religion. outcome I could think of. Daniel, the cult leader. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the best outcome I could think of. So we have a note here from our intrepid absentee father, Crossland. Dano is in many ways supporting the world that Marrow thought was coming. Do you do we think he would have been a politician had he not been so easily blackmailed? I think that is means Marrow. I don't know. He seemed too soft to be a politician. Didn't Mar- Mero said he wanted to run for office and be independent. That was like why him and Hilo got in an argument at dinner, isn't it? Right. Yeah, I think he did talk about that. Mm. Or if he, I don't know if he would have been, done been an it, effective politician had he not been so yeah. easily blackmailed. I think he would have been a wannabe politician. I think he would have run for office. I don't think he would have had the tenacity to follow through with it and to like get elected i think it would have yeah, been I, I don't know very aoc too idealistic yeah like aoc hasn't passed a bill in the entire time she's been in congress right so i think it would have been very much that where she or where he creates like a loud public thing but then it's very much when it comes to actual governance put in his place yeah that's like not willing to play the game as it is the rules are set <laughs> you know like there's people that get shit done in that arena and yeah, it's easy to be like, we should 
tear down this entire system <laughs> and you can convince some people of that but you'll never like as entrenched as the power is i don't know it's it just becomes too idealistic so either you have to kind of give up your ideals and work within the system and probably not follow through on all those promises that you really want or you can keep all your promises or keep your ideals but you'll never get anything done (laughs) yeah yeah and it's hard like i mean you see it in state politics especially just like anyone can run for office and often anyone can win so like people come in with all these bold promises and they get into these entrenched systems and like they're lucky to get anything like they're lucky to speak yeah yeah exactly so i think that would have been like he we would have he would have run for office we would have gotten like one little thing about it he would and then never hear from him again if he hadn't been executed for treason yeah he just wasn't like he's not like ruthless enough right yeah to to anyway. like use the system to he's his not advantage. ruthless enough to even win a political race to even become a politician right so Cross isn't here to retort. He'll have to hear this while editing and or while <laughs> listening and suffer. Rest in piss, Marrow. You won't be missed. <laughs> Which brings I us to... you are going to call Cross the piss boy. Oh, no. Yeah, rest in piss with the piss boy. <laughs> That's where he is. He's piss boying around, oh. pissing this whole time. Dude, that's such an porta potty <laughs> Which brings us to chapter 40. Difficult Daughters. The 21st year, first month. A little time jump here, about nine months, which sees us return to Tall Dushran Academy, where Jaya, now at year seven, is crushing the pretrials, and all of her family, save Nico, is in attendance. All goes well, despite Tia's grief over the massacre of the mice, and we cut to the main house on the Tall Estate, where Hilo and Shay discuss their children and the clan's potential expansion into Shatar over a bottle of Hochi. The business discussion is interrupted by news that Jaya is in jail. Uh, For what we learn is stabbing a former lover for the attempted rape of her friend. And the chapter ends with the fallout from that. Take a drink. Mm, Oh, yeah. Um, My drink is I am genuinely surprised that Hilo wasn't a little bit more... Proud of like, her. I get that he has to be hard about this, mm-hmm. but given the reasoning, like the situation that was going down, I I'm surprised that he wasn't a little bit more lenient or giving a little bit into the situation itself. So but she's wearing jade illegally, and true. at a party, both things of which she's not supposed to be doing. So she's just completely lawless. He's got to put his foot down. Yeah, I think it's that's. True. I think it's the culmination of everything more than the particular action and defending her friend because it's. I think really what sets him off is the jade and that she's hiding it, and then he has to deal with the fucking councilwoman or councilman, whatever son. Like she stabbed the only son of a councilman, so it's just like a political headache for him. That's fair. Honestly, though, like. We stand with Jaya, I feel confident in saying we're on her side in that instance. Yeah, stab him. Stab the rapey bastard. I don't understand the... I mean, it turned out to be a weirdly 
Yeah, a semi-correct assumption that she was sleeping with him. But I don't get how that jump happened. I don't think he like, knew the whole story. Explaining the situation to, were you sleeping with him? So I think <laughs> like, I don't, he thought, I don't know. Maybe he thought it was done out of jealousy before she explained. I forget the exact, I, don't, I forget if he says he was attacking right. her first. It seems like at first he thinks that she stabbed him because he was hooking up with her friend. I and then that's kind of what I. And he's like, unravels. "You're in parties. You're wearing jade. Are you having sex?" Yeah, yeah I think. But and then, then she's okay. like, "No, he was rapey." So to rewind here, we, yeah. we're at the tri- the pre-trials. Jai's doing pretty good. The whole family's there, even Andon and Druya. Who I think we got it right this time. And she like blows. She, I forget what she does. She like does something like rude to one of the boys and then blows a kiss to another boy in the stands and he looks like what the fuck was that and like it's around uh, yeah. so he's already got that yeah, he's I mean, already a he little was, alarmed he was ready to kill everybody he's like wait a it's minute his baby girl something my daughter blew a kiss at someone i will shut this school down and then tia is just alarmed by the massacre of mice which we already talked about and shay is like equally alarmed by her daughter being alarmed by this. <laughs> She's like, what? They're just mice. Yeah. We have to practice. And Woon is even like that. Woon's like, oh, it's we just, you know, that's how we practice. How else would you learn how to kill things? And then she's like, you guys killed mice? Tough. It's like, baby girl. <laughs> Your parents have killed people. It's like, everyone you know has killed some somebody. Like, lots person. of people. Dude. Have you ever seen a mouse trap? No, we just point at them. Bang. That's kind of nice. Anytime we see a mouse. And Uncle Andy did that dead. to like 10 people. Yeah. Your sweet Uncle Andy, he, he killed a bunch of people. In 10 minutes. Poor um, Tia. Yeah. Hilo and Shay. At least there's fried bread yes, to make yes. everything better. Fried bread must be so fucking good. Like It gets you over <laughs> mice being killed. It gets you over. Didn't we decide it was like French toast? I mean, we're talking like somewhere in between like a funnel cake and I do love a donut. Cake. Mm-hmm. Call it funnel cake from now on because that, that like resonates really strongly just, with but me. They don't even have to wait for a fair. They have it ready. You can go to a store and get funnel cake anytime you want. I'm imagining I'm like slightly like, fluffier churros. Yeah, I'm in like a donut churro area. Mm, that sounds good too. I'm like, I'm all in. I feel like we need to move to Jan Loon and get to this food scene. <laughs> I'm on Barrow's Why side. Why didn't we say, okay, so we have to drink every time they drink. Why can't we eat oh fried God. bread every time they eat fried bread? <laughs> yeah, this, this podcast is stupid. <laughs> is to get donuts specifically for whenever fried donuts bread and I What's a D word for books? Donuts and dialogue. Here we go. Spinoff podcast. There we, we go. Wow, that's us. Next time, it's next time. Cross leaves. We're donuts and dialogue, and we will all bring donuts a donut. and dialogue. Donuts and discussion. Nah, dialogue's better. Yep. Us. If all of us show up with donuts next week instead of cocktails, let's do Ooh, it. Let's honestly. do it. And I'm not very, tell very cross. happy. But not tell cross. Yes, leaves. I'm down. That'll be fun. There's a drive-through Krispy Kreme by my house. The bakery. Like, I, I live above I a bakery. I've not had Krispy. I haven't had Krispy Kreme. In I've never had Krispy Kreme. Almost they literally two decades. melt in your mouth. They're so good. You don't like. I still remember. They're so good. We're pretty much just Dunton up here, which you know. I said it. I put in the Discord the other day. The top Dunton ambassadors of all time: Ben Affleck, number one. 
but I'm number two. And Big Poppy's just, number I three. I just thought of a huge flaw in my plan. What's that? Cross will probably hear me say that before we record again. <laughs> He's not going to hear it. He actually okay. can't hear. Oh, okay. Good. No, I do the editing and he's busy with family stuff. He's not going to hear it. You mean he's stuck in a porta potty? All right. Yes. Let's go. I mean, he's stuck in a porta potty. <laughs> okay. So Hilo and Shay are sitting together talking about their kids over Hochi, which sort of pays off, you know, when Hilo was sitting in his car just smoking out the window, thinking about sharing smoking a bottle of Hochi. Out the window. Thank you, Aaron. And, like, just commiserate, commiserating about their love lives. Now they're kind of, you know, they're chopping it up. They're older, talking about kids. It's nice that they have this brother-sister mm-hmm. relationship. I put that in, yeah. It is it is cool to see, like, they finally, it seems like earlier they got their groove back as Weatherman and Pillar. But now this is the, I've, there's probably, like, we've seen it before, but this is the first time it, like, really stands out that they have their groove back as siblings. Or they have it for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, he, Shay finally, she snaps at Hilo for a second, and then she's like, oh, wait, he is right. Like, immediately, instead of, like, several minutes later, or, like, just stewing on it. And they, sh- she can see that Hilo, like, knows more than her about mm-hmm. parenting and can, like, legit give advice. He's, like, a good dad. Yeah. Even though he kills mice. And men. <laughs> of mice and men. What's worse in Tia's eyes? I feel like the mice. <laughs> I feel like if you're soft but grow up in this category, in this family, you would think mice, right? Because they're innocent. And unless yeah. she's like completely useless. Like there has to be some understanding that people are trying to yeah, kill useless your, your siblings when they try to kill anybody. Completely, yeah. I don't know the right word, but I'll stick with useless for the memes. The useless six-year-old. Just like, grow up, kid. Grow up, dude. That's what I used to say about Shay. So I feel like we could, could have had an interesting discussion of the expansion into Shatar if these chapters were longer and we didn't have to put all ten of them in this week. But obviously we see <laughs> it was just not a good plan. I mean, it was a good plan, but it fucking did not work. Aren't the Shatarians the like Yes. Really bad guys? Why why do we want to be no, in Shatar at all? The ones hovering over the series have been the Edetanians, but the Shatar is the mortal enemy that first invaded and occupied Taton. If that's right. what you meant by Okay, my bad. I misunderstood what you meant by bad guys. Yeah, they're the they're like the ultimate bad guys. Yeah, they didn't even want to there was like hesitation to be on Aspenia's side because they're sided with the Shatarians against the Edetanians, I believe. Yeah, this was just a bad idea. <laughs> I mean, maybe it was a okay idea. Like, why we're sending very important people there? Yeah, with two bodyguards, as we'll discuss. That's probably <laughs> something more I'll get into. I don't, I don't necessarily like the plan going into Shotar. Seems like not a bad idea, and they're early on execution. I think just later on for some reason they got lax and it cost them Mm -hmm. i think they would have been fine if when hadn't tried to strong arm using helos like emotional state as like yeah she missed i don't know how he's gonna react to this like she 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 effectively threatened this guy yeah yeah and he was 
and then trying to realize later how badly she threatened him because she was like, yeah, that was he true. was scared. Yeah. 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 Good yeah. call. But I think she would have been fine if she had just dropped it, especially considering like after the comment about having made a deal with the devil already, mm-hmm. like, oh shit, they're in the bed with yeah. somebody. The that should have been obvious. Like once they're like, like who's the devil in this country? What do you mean? You have right. to figure yeah. out. Like, oh, can we look into who has leverage on them? I, honey. Yeah, yeah. But we'll yeah. get into that when it happens. Yes, we're just very passionate. Uh, so Hilo and Hami have reservations about getting into Shatar. I feel like I misplaced that note. What? So, and then we also did like a discussion of how Hilo doesn't necessarily like go around Shay, but he will if there's something that a member of the weatherman's office has a specific expertise and he will directly consult with them and not go to Shay on those issues. Um, yeah. I thought that was, that sounded like Hilo. Like, I don't know. He's thorough and like, he knows what he doesn't know. And so I think him going around her isn't necessarily like he doesn't believe her, but I think he is like, you know, doing some double checking. Like ultimately the buck stops with him. So yeah, right. not necessarily intended as personally as Shay took it. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... Thinking about it set up like a corporate structure. The CEO is still going to have an understanding, maybe more casual, but like, or high-level understanding of the financials of the company. But that's not a slight against the CFO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and it also might just be like, I'm sure at times it's literally just he has a question about a realm of business that Shay just doesn't know a lot about. So he just goes directly to that person rather than being like, Hey, can you ask them for me? Mm-hmm. Um, also just to clean this up last week when we were talking about the merger at the end of, I, forget what it was, I think it was chapter 35 or 34. I said that no Pete absorbed the black tailed land, which I don't believe any of us taught. And they actually absorbed the Joe Sun clan. So I just wanted to correct that. Wow. Yeah, we're done. Glad we got that right. It's so brave of you for owning up to the mistake and publicly announcing that you're sorry. Players fuck up sometimes, and, you know, we got to <laughs> own up to it. Fall down nine, get up ten. We also learned that it seems like genuine, or at least as genuine as it can get, peace has existed between the Mountain and No Peak land for the last six years. Right. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. interesting. And it makes sense. I mean, Shay saved Ide's life. Mm-hmm. So, and there's pretty much no reason to fight on the streets of at least Jan Loon anymore. It seems right. like everywhere else, especially just been a stalemate. The, and they've been like started working together with the clanless yeah. against the clanless. So, I think they can be friends. I hope so. Ide's getting does. pretty old, though, right? I mean, mm-hmm. she's yeah, she's like, like if 60s, our heroes 60s, are like, yeah, yeah, and listen, and she's Jade been, Warriors uh, when they lose their fastball, it's gone, and she's been beat up. Well, mm-hmm. the thing is, though, Ite's probably the only thing that's keeping peace because, like, if Ite Otto gets into power, you know, he's going to start flashing that shit around. They're going to get. They're going to be more antagonistic to No Peak at that point. Can I ask a question based off that? A spinoff question. Yeah. Do you have any worries about anyone in the Mountain Clan besides Aitmata, though? 
No, that's what I'm like. They're I'm just like, like let benches. it happen. Yeah, I'm just like weak. let I auto take over and start a war. Who cares? It'll be over in a week. Yeah, like the Cobans, they're not like strategic enough. I don't feel like so they would, they would deliver blows to No Peak. I think, and they would be effective in that way. But they would also make a mistake in a way that No Peak could take advantage of. I feel like that yeah. I Mata won't make. But the second it were to spill into an actual war, like it's just right. No Peak wins. But they'll lose the war of words for sure. Yeah. All right. I still feel like with these time jumps, this the resolution between, and maybe maybe there's still time for a payoff in, in some way, but the fact that it's just kind of been six years of not war is the the what came of Shay sparing Ite feels anticlimactic like i i i would have loved to have seen like an some alliance? sort of scene not not necessarily like even if the same thing happened but some scene a couple months later of them like coming together and talking or even or, or like something like, hey, it was cool when you did that even like Aitmata saving shape back like maybe that's what she'll do with this shatarian bullshit or her getting word that there's some clanless future thing that's only going to affect No Peak and would be a boon to the Mountain Clan, effectively. And, like, putting a stop to it. Aaron, what did you say? Even though it's outside of her jurisdiction and outside of her effect. Like, something like that could have been really cool to see. I said maybe Aitmata will be the one to save Shay's life. From the Shatarian bullshit. Mm. There we go. She'll pay her back. Would you like to make that Ooh, that'd a bet? That'd be good. I like that. I really like that idea. Well, you all I bet on that. that. We all like the idea. Now I don't want to bet it. Wow, okay. Let's do it, though. I will. <laughs> I have great ideas. All right. Bet. All all three of you think Aitmata steps in, pays. saves Shay. I'll bet a whole fucking donut on it. <laughs> Just you have to eat it. So the loser eats an entire donut, like God, immediate, like a shot a version of a donut. <laughs> Wait, if you win, you can't eat your donut. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's torture so, right there. Um, you just have to look at it the entire podcast. <laughs> I wouldn't be. Able, I would accidentally eat the donut. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, and Cross is gonna by, be left out on paying back by saving <laughs> Shay or by like. Giving no peach intel. Like, what are you? What are we thinking? I, I think she'll a- be critical to the the of Shay and or when. I think Shay specifically because when when is quick to when's getting recovered just through money and Jade, which is already on its way. Yeah, I don't see so her Shay's like going to be the one personally showing up and like busting Shay out. But right, I, yeah, I didn't mean that either. Yeah, yeah. I just meant, like, does she send mountain agents right. in or what? Yeah, I think she steps in. Or in, even just, like, critical information, something like that. Okay, cool, cool, cool. That little side tangent out of there. Brings us to Jaya's arrest. So, I have kind of some bracketed out bullets here. Jaya's antics, defending her friend. Very good. Excellent, even. 
partying, I think made sense given, you know, night after pre-trials. I think that's mentioned as like pretty traditional. And she's a teenager. Teenagers be partying. Bringing the hidden Jade out. <laughs> Just dumb. Yeah, that was bad. Breaking rules. I that remember could get thinking. You kicked out of the and academy. Killed. I remember thinking back during Andin's time at the academy when they were talking about having these training bands that there didn't seem to be much emphasis on the security around these jade bands and that's coming back to bite like but they're not I wonder how many students do this Yeah it definitely seems like things have gotten much more lats at Hall Do Academy since Andin was there but I can't imagine Yeah but even the winking at classmates and like blowing kisses what if well maybe flown. jaya gets away with more hmm. because of who she is good point i also wonder if third place would have gotten as big of a cheer in andin's class well i think it was it just from the here. family that was super pumped up yeah that's fair good point and then jaya you know over the course of this discussion reveals she's got some plans for the future that apparently her and her father have not talked about despite the fact that she's graduating in a month ish so we learned Call, everyone calls busy he is busy you know she should have brought it up maybe everyone trying to court her thinking their son should be pillar guys it's i don't know the year but it's it's year 22 it's the 22nd year the 10th month or whatever guys let's grow up <laughs> Maybe she can be better. Yeah. And that's got to be so much pressure. I don't know what pressure. that attitude, though. I know. So that was my question. Like, why isn't Jaya being thought of as a future pillar? Aitmata obviously has been pillar for like 30-ish years at this point, or 25-ish. Is it just Hilo who isn't thinking about her this way? Is it her vibe? Maybe people are thinking about it, but just we haven't learned that. I think it's I still think sexism. on the part of Hilo... Mm -hmm. I think it's not even sexism. I think it's thinking about your own mortality. Mm -hmm. And like, he doesn't probably think of himself as old at this point. And because he's not really he doesn't. And, and he's not. And he's not unhealthy and he's not going to age out at any point like soon. So I think it's just not really a consideration for like, who's going to take my place as pillar. Mm -hmm at front of mind for him but it is for the media yeah and it is for like probably a lot of the lantern men and like the clan probably for literally everybody besides him right so I, I i don't think it really has anything to do with her being a woman i think it's just he doesn't feel like he's that close to to biting the dust or resigning mm -hmm. And also, um, which I mean, naive or short-sighted, maybe. I'm recalling or, it somewhere in the book, though, when they talk about the fact that Ait's a woman. It 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 is like, well, that's that's just her. Like a clan leader is a man, basically. And did I make that up? That's like weeks ago, but I feel like there's something to that effect, basically. Yeah. I don't know if it's a conversation or what, but I do think it was basically like Ait is just like most, extraordinary. Yeah, most of the green ones oh, are still all men. Is it when um now Suen is telling Shay about how Ait took power? Maybe Suen's in. Maybe something like that. Anyway, I think also part of it for Hilo at least is 
he just thinks Jaya says what she wants and says what she means. And so the fact that she hasn't been like, I want to be Horn, I want to be Pillar someday, he probably doesn't think it's even on her radar. Which again is naive. I think too, they, they're not talking that much. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. She's away at school. He's busy running the clan. You know? Yeah. There's, the, there's a lot of drama with her brothers. <laughs> yeah, there's the in, insinuation from when that she acts out to get Hilo's attention. Right. I think additionally, the how quickly he turns around and says, like, all right, we're going to. Yeah. You're going to reach out to the fists. You're going to specifically reach out to the women in the clan. And smart. Like, how quickly that shifts, I feel like in my head backs up the idea that, like, he just wasn't thinking about Mm -hmm. it and is okay with the idea and but maybe he's uncomfortable with her being in violent situations because he has firsthand experience and how horrible they can be Mm -hmm. and how violent they can be and doesn't want to subject his daughter to it but the fact that it's not like a no fuck you go away and then maybe a couple weeks later he reapproaches this i'm it seems like he's okay with it yeah, I would agree with that too. I mean, she went to the academy. What do you think she was gonna do? Apparently, he thought she'd go to college does. and then go become a weather person. This whole chapter, like, really made me like Jaya a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I was just like, a lot of it, like she does some stupid stuff and she's a little flippant, but like, okay. I like the way that she's kind of like calling out like, yeah, I stabbed this rapey guy Mm -hmm. and everyone else is like, this is causing a problem for the clan. She's like, well, fuck that guy. (laughs) You know? And I kind of like that attitude and that like how that kind of made everybody snap to a little bit. Mm -hmm. I really Um, like that at the end, especially I think that's when it really comes into focus when even the victim's family is like, we're so sorry for the inconvenience. You've done enough and like snapping at her and the girl and jaya have such a strong connection that they would have just like stood there and she's like i'd fucking do it again right exactly i love that i i I thought that was great and just like how she gets everybody to stop and like actually realistically think about it like Mm -hmm. instead of being like oh this is causing problems for the clan now we're gonna have to make it up to his family it's like no you don't have to make it up to that rapey boys family like yeah (laughs) you know like of course you don't so I love that. And uh, then I liked her just like saying what she wanted. And then I agree with PJ, like the way that Hilo responded to that was really cool. And him just being like, okay, yeah, that we can do that. We can roll that way. Like mm-hmm. never, he was kind of like, I give him a lot of credit. Cause he, you know, obviously he was like kind of stuck in an old style of thinking where it's like, this is also like third child. He's like, and he wants to right, protect gonna, her. Right. Well, I think after Nico's, going off the rails i think Hilo's trying to like do it right this time he's like okay i'm gonna give her space let her like become her own person send her away not and as punishment but as like encouragement for her to not feel and he's always kind of coddled her it sounds like so like he wants to protect her so like not having her go into the greener side of the clan and just like knowing that that's going to be a harder situation for her not impossible or anything but just like more resistance I thought that was it was cool and then he kind of like flips it on its head and he's like okay well we're gonna do this and let's do it the right way and like this is what you need to do but also only if you're perfect for the rest of the school year yeah, <laughs> yeah. stop <laughs> going to parties and fucking dudes 
and get is four studs of jade the most or was that the second was it five that was the most like the the first in class was that five pieces or was that four pieces i I don't remember yeah because he was saying that this is only on the table if she gets four pieces of jade at graduation so i didn't know if that meant like first in your class or if that meant i think the first like the winner of the pre-trials and then the winner of the trials get extra jade and then i don't remember if it's that's like those two get five or those two get four but i feel Um, like those two get extra i feel like asking um, her to but i i I feel like it was one two and three Mm -hmm studs and then the the extra allotment yeah i don't know i feel like asking her to be like finish first in your class with a month to go is kind of a kind of a big ask but i don't know but yeah i really liked how the chapter ended with the Nayu family coming and just like bringing everything back into perspective that jaya is a fucking hero for what she yeah. did <laughs> and i think hilo who's described as bewildered like i think that is him getting that and like he's gonna come around and be proud on her like we proud of her like we would have assumed he'd be like he's just like he it's finally hitting him and then especially at the end when um hana's father says call jen and he's like the guy is trembling with emotion call jen not only are you the pillar but you're managing to raise children who are as green and good-hearted as you are looking at you i feel i feel humbled as a father feel like that's the ultimate dad to dad compliment that could be given yes yeah and also just like funny because we got we've seen these kids kind of grow up and the headaches they've been and nico literally abandoning the family to be a mercenary he still did something right well the guy's you know obviously super grateful mm-hmm. um i think it's sweet yeah definitely definitely I really enjoyed how it ended. Chapter 41. Second chance. A quick, intense, violent chapter here, as we open with Remy bestowing several of his snakeheads with Jade, promoting them to become vipers. One of these men is Mate Tar, who receives his Jade and proceeds to take out Remy and several other members of the gang, before spilling the beans on the entire operation to the Espenian police. So, obviously here we get a lot of payoff from chapter 36, and the chapter titles are also very similar, with chapter 36 being a fresh start, and chapter 41 being second chance. This is one where I air-punched. Huzzah! And fired yeah, I don't know why, but there was something about the vibe of this chapter immediately where I was like, oh shit, Tar it's is going gonna, down. he's going to kill yeah. this motherfucker. Yeah, can I... <laughs> On the reread, I definitely overhyped this. I was like, <laughs> I thought he killed everybody, and then, like, I don't know. But it's still very epic. I mean, he he brutalizes a lot. Like, he does a lot of shit. But just the immediacy of putting on Jade and grabbing John Remy's throat. No, he punches <laughs> through it with his fingers. That's what it was. Yep. Trick, yeah. Yep. immediately too which so is just, it's kind of funny just like the second he gets it bad he's like all right it's sick for the listeners I, I was so excited when it happened that i like was like yeah and then i had to go back and reread it because i got so distracted by how excited it was <laughs> love that after the throat punch mm-hmm. this is why you're the best felt good so, yeah. felt good to see him really make good for 
no peak again. Yeah, he's one of the best uh, violent men to ever do it. So to see him in his in his field just doing good work, love it. Again, I feel like we can almost we can't brush over the chapter. But we can get it out pretty quick because it pigeon it pairs so well with the next one. Tar just t- tells the tops everything immediately. Hilo's like, "Wait for your lawyer to be there." Tar says, "I will not be doing that, sir." Tells them literally anything that could possibly be interesting about the snakeheads. And then Tori's like, yeah, you know, we'll probably be able to cut your sentence down a little bit. All our leverage is gone. We'll probably get you 10 years. Hilo might break you out of jail. Mm-hmm. Right. Which, you know, Tar's like, I like the sound of that, however, would not be good. And then we see Tori still actually genuinely soft here. And he has to, like, hide, try to hide his horror that Andin spoke to Tar about this. And, like... I don't know. It's old country business. Corey, you wouldn't understand. You want to understand old country shit. Yeah. He did it for death of consequence. Which is just like, how has... What was the... Corey's like fucking 40 years old. You don't know what a death of consequence is? Come on, my dude. I, and your dad was like from the old... Like, and like huge on know it. all these things? Yeah, just uh, what was the technical definition of death of consequence against? Like, I remember it's like what Hilo did. It's been a long time since we've seen one. It's like what Hilo did against all of Gaunt Ash's men. It's instead of a right, but that's a formal thing. This this feels not the same as that. I think it's it's just it's just like a mob. It's one against a mob is like death of consequence. Yeah, I think just meant. I think didn't die. Yeah, and he. I think he just was like he wanted his death to matter. It's sort of like how we would take it, not the formalized version of it. That's how I interpreted it. So it's like maybe Tar getting shot more during that fight and dying during that fight was what he actually wanted, because then he had to kill himself later. Which I feel like I don't know. He jumped out the window though, and then. Yeah, he was like running away. That just might yeah. be instincts. And then he did fuck the clans over or the crew over even more by mm-hmm. giving away yeah, all he their secrets. Fully eradicated them. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like the closest he could get more so than like the actual formalized because there's no one. Yeah. Yeah. But speaking of death of consequence, that brings us to chapter 42, I think. It's called Death of Consequence. Thank you. <laughs> we took back to 18 months earlier when Andin approached Tar to ask him to do the job. We learn about how Tar had been living in Espania for the years since his exile before turning back to the present where we get a drop on what happened in Restville and the Chespenian Greenbone community as a whole following Tar's murder of Remy. We also learn that Tar killed himself in jail while waiting trial and end very sadly at Tar's secret funeral back in Tatan. Okay, so a lot going on in this chapter. Before you all jump in, my number one note with a bullet, the very first thing I have to talk about, Tar's in a book club. At least he was when Andon comes to visit him. I loved it. I was so fucking shot, and I also loved it. We're in a book club. We are. Yeah, would we 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 allow Tar in our book club? We would have allowed Ken in the book club, I feel like. (laughs) Arcane. Tar might get a little dark. I feel like Tar would be allowed until it was his turn to pit the book, 
and then he pitched something just like crazy. He would pick like, Dark oh, Age. Oh my god. He'd be like, I really enjoyed the parts <laughs> where the poles were going up butts and faces were melted. And people were being tortured. And that there was no time for honor. That's a deep cut. Made uh, everyone mad. No time, no honor. Or no honor, no time? Yep. That's the way. That's the way. But yeah. This is the way. So Tar, when Andon approaches him, he seems to be doing like as well as could possibly be expected, all things considered. I think it's sweet that Definitely. he's mowing his lawn. Mm-hmm. He's a private eye, it seems I like. I feel like Andon really, you know, gave him a Pretty death heartless. sentence. Yeah. <laughs> he could have lived out his last days in peace. Yeah, there's a certain lawn. irony and tragedy of Andon, of all people, being the one to bring him back into this world. I really liked, or not liked, but like, thought it was heartbreaking, like, how Tar was just like hanging on every word of what Andon was saying and just like hoping mm-hmm. that he would hear like Hilo wants you back. You know? Yeah. Like, and Andon's and like, like, Hilo doesn't know I'm here. And there's like multiple yeah. times where he's like, oh. There was also like, I know there's no way I could come back. Yeah. Just like, unless. But. Sad boy summer. Yeah. yeah. Poor Tar. This is, hey, if only we had gotten him in therapy after Kane. It is also like how effective the writing is that he massacred, destroyed, and decimated his fiance, and we feel bad for him in this moment, or like maybe not feel bad for him, but like we feel for him, and like it makes you want him to be redeemed. Yeah, just because he oh totally has had a psychotic break doesn't mean he's not worth. Empathy and sympathy and forgiveness, you know. Mm-hmm. And he was always only ever doing what Hilo wanted. So really, Hilo's the one who fucked well, him. Well, except for the psychotic, except for when he killed his fiance. Well, that was the result of all the torturing. But yeah, I agree. It's you know we we see him through Hilo's eyes. As a beloved brother. Just sad. Do we think Andon made the right call? Yes. Andon's kind of a gangster. Yes, Andon. He he is a gangster. (laughs) He did, like, you know. Andon for Pillar 2024? I know. I feel like he's, like, developing. Don't you have to be a warrior to be a Pillar? He's, like, developing. He was the weatherman. Kind of a killer outlook. Killer Andy. There's a bit that really shows Tar's growth and how he's learned when he asked Andon if Remy deserves to die. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Tets on the page does a pretty good job discussing that for us. So we don't mm-hmm. necessarily need to go into it in tons of depth. But I did think it was interesting how like he seems almost to be using that question to judge Andon and to see if it's a worthwhile to do it for Andon. If that made sense, like, because, like, if Andon just gave him the canned response or lied to him, would he have done it? I guess is the implication. To me, it it seemed like Tar had some morality. Like, he had probably considered all the people he'd killed in the past, and he was like, I don't want to kill someone who doesn't deserve to die again, mm-hmm. like his fiance. And he probably hadn't killed since he'd been exiled. Right. So to me, it was more a question of, like, will the 
will the gods frown on this? Like, does hmm. this person deserve to die? I also wonder if there's like a, for him specifically, a rage and like a bloodlust associated with him wearing jade. And this amount of time without it has <clears throat> quelled that. And he he's able to think more clearly and be more decisive. But I, I think more than anything, it's just reflect the ability to reflect on all the bloodshed that's on his hands and specifically his fiance and what got him exiled to begin with a lot of guilt and, and weight in that, in that killing he doesn't want to go through that again. Given how the chapter ends and I feel like it kind of ties up a lot of the Espenia stuff in a neat little bow for us. Do you think we see Espenia again? And if so, what role does it play going forward? I think we'll be back there. At least with Corey. I don't know. I don't, I he might guess, need the lawyer or something. Actually, maybe not. I don't know. What else is going on there now? Like, is I gotta say, gonna go back I do there? not remember at all. So uh, this isn't me like <laughs> intentionally misleading you or anything. Yeah. Hmm. It's a good question. I think, yeah. This I don't want to make any bets. Kind of the end of the storyline there. I think that's a kind of a, a good point. I mean, there's still like maybe some the idea stuff. of jade becoming more legalized and um, nico is employed by an espenian mercenary company right it just feels like a lot of but what in general drew us there initially or like the opening storylines like and in storyline at least in espenia besides the medical jade stuff kind of feels wrapped up we'll have to read and find out i guess now it's on to shatar and then this chapter ends just like really sad. And then we get to just three really dark chapters after this. Um, but just Tar's funeral, which it's sad. They like smuggle his body back in is how I, the vibe I get from it. They're like, don't tell anybody about the funeral. Only the higher ups know. Yeah. It, him completing suicide too was surprising. Like, I guess he he was resigned that he didn't want Hilo to like get in trouble for breaking him out of jail and he was like he felt I don't know I guess he felt he deserved to die since he broke the no jade ever again mm. terms but it was and he probably a sad knew, like, way to see Targo yeah it was sad kind of like belated and they describe it that way I think too as as like a Related yeah, end the, to a tragedy, and yeah, a, a long delayed end to a, a tragedy. But the extra sad part of it is when and Hilo and the kids hadn't talked to Uncle Tar that whole time. Mm-hmm. So then it's this like long estranged brother uncle who then you're burying. So. It makes it extra, like, full of regrets. And also, like, it's strange, not by choice, because they all loved him still. They just kind of had a, they weren't able to talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. How old were they? The kids? When he was exiled? I don't want to do math, PJ. You know what I mean? They were old enough to be influenced by him telling stories. I mean, they were old enough to know. It's not like they wouldn't remember him. Right. 
they very he very significantly influenced their disposition in life i think yeah yeah for the worse i would argue but yeah still. but hilo buries tar at the family funeral plot despite everything he's done that made sense and it's just so sad for hilo staring there with lon ken or lon kane and tar when weeping tears streaming down her face and comes up to apologize and Andon just under or Hilo understands why Andon did it. And this is just the ending of this, which if you have the Tyndall version is highlighted as like a community highlight. Cause people highlight this all the time, I guess. Oh yeah. I was angry at you for a long time after you, after you refused to wear Jade. Of course you remember now though. I'm thankful you're not a fist, Andy. I need... Hilo's voice faltered. I need one of my brothers to live. It's just... Pain in my heart. Got me. And then right after this, his sister gets taken. (laughs) Yeah. But before we get there... Uh, Is this... How often does Hilo refer to Andon as his brother? Straight up. He's always used it interchangeably, I feel like. But he's always... Between brother and cousin. Yeah. But since the beginning... This felt more formal and, like, definitive. I think maybe, like, burning it back to, like, definitive, I guess. Mm -hmm. But when we first meet him, he's definitely, like, considers him a brother. Okay. He calls him Andy. You know what I mean? Nobody else does. And I remember burning it up because... It's specifically described in the first book as, like, Hilo is a true brother to Andon. Or, like, Hilo believes Andon's his brother, and Lon views him as a nephew. Yeah, I, I remember that. But it, it kind of feels sort of like the belated him and Shay getting their groove back for the first time as brother and sister. Like, this is him, you know, like, not being, like, Andon's my useful cousin, my useful blah, blah, like, Andon's my brother again here. So I do, I do get what you're saying, PJ. Damn, I'm just sad now. <laughs> Don't want to do this. <laughs> this is why it's like, it's tough when it's just me. I just had a you soldier can do it. on. You're doing great. Speaking of soldiering on, chapter 43, Freedom. Also, just like, this is such a cruel name for this t- chapter. Nico and Taji Ino, one of No Peach Spies Dash Nico Protectors in GSI, accidentally commit a war crime in a proxy war in Udain. <laughs> After killing civilians, likely due to bad intel, Nito attempts to follow the outlined procedures, but is prevented from doing so after a tense exchange with his Espenian squad mates. So, you know, now don't want to beat around the bush. Super tough chapter here, kicking off a tough ending for our week. Really bad. Tense exchange? I, listen. Is the way this is described... (laughs) I think it is. You know, it's possible murder about to happen. <laughs> I mean, you're right. Pretty tense. It's true. It's more than that. It is more than I that. I think. But I mean, I hope it's it's a it's a difficult chapter. So I wanted to be a little light with this summary. I I accidental war crime. No, I you're totally within your rights to do that. Uh, that makes sense. I just had to drill into that very like. Tense Exchange is doing a lot of heavy lifting for <laughs> describing what happens at the end of this chapter. Um, intensely tense exchange. How about that? There we go. That totally Staggeringly. Quite fucked up exchanged. Yeah. 
It is. It's almost okay. I was picturing tents, but what I meant by tents was like Wind River when they go to the trailer tents. Just to set the scene for everybody out there who's seen Wind River. I don't know. I don't know what that is. Ben knows what I'm talking about. Out of the loop. <laughs> What'd you say? Sorry. Wind River. Oh, the wind trailer river. without oh, yeah. the trailer and yes. Wind River. That's what I was picturing. Like, are you <laughs> yeah. flanking me? That's that what I meant one of by tents, everybody. Like, if you haven't seen that movie, by the way, that is one of the best shootouts ever. I it's love that fucking shootout. a great movie. Anyway, yeah. Nico, little homesick, huddled in the snow with his rifle. Imagine being warm, back home in Jan Loon, freezing his ass off. Overall, though, enjoying the anonymity of basically just being a soldier and enjoying just being one of the guys. That was nice. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a young soldier. Basically, but like, like I said earlier, seems I think like he's sucking and fucking. What are you saying, PJ? What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, it, it seems like he's um, he's really happy with his anonymity. He's eating the same shitty food and and getting the same shitty assignments, but he's happy about that because there's no expectation of him. There's mm-hmm. no call name to to live up to and it's nice to see that perspective because it's not sugar-coated and he recognizes that things are not great but they're exactly what he was looking for and there are echoes of that sentiment from the jaya's chapter and from rue too where like jaya she's so rational like people aren't gonna duel me people aren't gonna like i'm not gonna get expelled from school I'm a tall and Rue kind of has like people don't necessarily want to invite him to things because they think he has better versions of it already waiting for him. Like the movie premiere thing that is mentioned. So it's just like, They're it's not, not just the, the benefits of being a tall and it's not just like the pressure of being a tall. There's a weird social alienation too. Cause they're like Royals. Right. Yeah. Like I was saying earlier, I think, these experiences will be good for Nico and Rue to be treated like normal humans. So I know our guy, Jim Sunto, he's got a quota to meet. He's got to fill his ranks. I don't love his plan of getting all of these groups with historical, historical and hatreds of one another and putting them together without <laughs> any sort of supervision. Like we've got the various Tetanese and Teto Espeni and Teto Shatarians together. They don't talk apparently, and the Espanians just group them all together, and like they have different ways of using jade and like what what's the plan there, Jim? <laughs> I maybe I'm naive or giving him the benefit of the doubt a little bit too much, but it seems more like they've all gone through the same training, they all have the same goals, they all have come up together within the system. And regardless of their background, they should idealistically act similarly or act as a unit Mm -hmm. despite their differences in background. That's a lot more difficult to wrestle with in reality, but maybe that's the idea. 
Like, I, I don't think it's malicious and no, I don't think yeah, it's racist or like intentional, like just throw all the Kekanese together. No, I, I took it. It just meant like, it seems like a pressure cooker and like things could go pretty wrong pretty That's quick. That's fair. Especially, totally. Like, they're all armed with jade. You know, those non-Kekanese are hitting that SN2. Yep. Powder keg about to explode. Also from Hamilton. Okay. Okay. We also get an anecdote about Vin Somu, who can apparently just snipe things with his eyes closed from 200 meters away. That's cool. I like to hear that. <laughs> that was pretty cool. It's pretty sick. Unfortunately, Nito doesn't have those same skills, so he couldn't shoot out the tire or something. And so Nito bum rushes a truck, which before we knew how it ends, I gotta say, that's, it's just pretty cool. Yeah. He's, he's like a dope. deer. Just crashes into a truck, <laughs> um, flips over it, his buddy. This is out, like boom. the first time we see him not super hesitating, you know? Mm-hmm. And like being good at shit. Like not overthinking it and then missing the moment. Mm-hmm. That's Unfortunately. A great, that's a great point. <laughs> if there was any time to miss the moment. Yeah. But if I can just like step back a little yep, bit about sorry. the perception thing. No, not nothing to apologize for. Um, I love I, So I felt like for whatever reason in Jade City, the use of the term, like, did you perceive that as like another sense felt heavy handed? And maybe it was because I was on, wasn't used to it or maybe Fonda has evolved as a writer. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I'd have to look at it side by side, but I remember feeling that at during Jade City. But here, like with the addition of the like hand motion of like touching the the temple or the head and like making it really, really feel like an additional sense in a physical way, mm-hmm. in a real way. It for whatever reason it like felt more natural here than it did in the past is it and i was really happy with the way that 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 came across the ones that i remember it's mostly like people ask you to perceive things and it becomes almost like a horror movie after that i Mm -hmm. think it's usually like when now suenzin's about to roll up is when it happens that could be and so maybe that's why i felt ascending because that's the two times I remember is when he rolls up to the nightclub and then he, when he rolls up to stop Shay's business dealings with the Satan's unity clan. Yeah, that could be. But I, I, I feel like there were less important instances of it in the first book as well. Most likely. But I can't recall off the top of my head what they were about. Yeah, I enjoyed that as well. And like the, the hand motions of it all. Ultimately, it leads to the accidental killing of civilians, including children, which, as they say in Mad Men, not great, Bob. (laughs) Not great, Bob. Good. Yeah, pretty pretty fucking sad. So was that, were the, was everyone in the car killed from the gunfire, not from the car wreck? That's what it seems Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Presumably. Yeah. Because the car wreck, he just like hit it and then spun it around. So it was just like spitting down the road. Yeah. And then it stopped. So it didn't like impact anything. As if they hit a deer. Yeah. So they were maybe injured, but not definitely not dead. And then they shot everybody. 
immediately. Those fucking spennies spraying and praying. We also, I think, got. I mean, we we knew because of the way Skinny Reams was throwing it around, but I feel like we got confirmation that catch is definitely a slur because the one guy apologizes. For he apologizes, saying it. yeah. Didn't mean it's to also call you because they're like he's not as. They're not as updated as the other ones, as the other Spinians. <laughs> he when he out, said that, I was like, cat. I was like, Thomas has been vindicated, not vindicated, but you know, someone agreed with you. <laughs> yeah. It was also it was like, there was a subtle threat of murder, but I'm sorry for using a slur, man. That was out of line. Yeah. We did reach yeah. for our weapons, but only if you weren't going to comply. This whole scene so vividly feels just ready for adaptation as it is. Did you guys want Nito to just kill them? No. no. I don't think he could That's have. not his arc. I wanted, I wanted so badly for the like healing channeling to do something mm. more. Like to, to actually make a difference. Even, man... Given the weight of the situation where they they fucked up clearly and shot upon civilians, the way that my brain was going was Nika was going to channel positively into the little girl, save her, and then one of the other goons was going to shoot her. shoot her and bring them away so there were no survivors. That's where my brain was going in the moment. I mean, I mean, I could see that for sure. It's very dark, though, PJ. It's very dark. It is dark. No, it's I still thought... dark anyway. It is. Without that, it's still dark. <laughs> it I is, think, but that's even darker. Shows, I think it shows that, like, even though these are people with Jade, they're not seasoned warriors. They're, like, on, you know the third string duty or whatever. They're the people out in the middle of nowhere just trying to stop a car. So I think with more experiences like this, Nico will, you know, long for the clan where there's like a leader with each group or whatever. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think it'll make Nico have a bad taste in his mouth. Falston and Hitch were a Spenian military, right? They were Navy angels. And Taiji was the equivalent in Taitan. Right. So they're not nobodies. It just seemed like... It, it seemed very like, military oh, contractor. Yeah, definitely. That's just what they are, obviously. Yeah. Like, they can... Yeah. It was just trying to... You know, there's all the fucked up things. Like, if we report this, we're going to get fried. No one's going to protect us. And then... But yeah, he's de- clearly... Like, just because these people wear jade, there's no ice show, there's no honor. It's just utilitarian Green with them. built different. Yeah. And also, like, I thought it was significant him being, you know, for all of his dislike, I, I don't know, like his turmoil about some of the stuff the clans do, him being like, if you thinking, like, if this guy spoke to me like this in Jaytown, he'd be dead. So some entitlement. Like, several times <laughs> he thinks about that. I, I took, like, he kind of misses it, I felt like. <laughs> That he wishes he could kill him. Mm-hmm. And then the chapter ends with Nico feeling the eyes of the gods upon him. We get the story of how he asked Auntie Shay, you know, why do you believe in the gods? 
and saying, I felt me. them watching me. Nico, <laughs> you know, at the time, he's, he's a like, rational oh. little creep. He's like weird. Feels like that's his guilt talking to him about but the situation. Now at last he understood her answer. With each step he took in the snow, Vito sank beneath the feeling of some terrible attention turning toward him, reaching from the other side of the world like a curse. To tell, maybe don't tell little girls. Seriously. Yeah. All right. Chapter 44. This is not K-Town. The 22nd year, fourth month. Another little time jump here. Shay and Wen head to Shatar for business. With Shay, ch- uh, with Shay checking in on the local weatherman's office and Wen negotiating with the Shatarian film company hoping to get burgeoning international superstar Danny Sinjo out of his contract. They also mitts in a bit of pleasure, enjoying dinner and a show together before heading back to their hotel, escorted by Wen's bodyguards. After being stopped by a local cop, in a furious fight, when Shay and the bodyguards are captured and their captors put a call into Hilo with their demands. So the chapter opens, and at first, we get some much-needed fun. Wen thinks about her kids. Jaya's a finger in Toshan. Ruse in college. Nito, a mercenary, just guts <laughs> Wen, obviously. But Shay and Wen, they're on a trip together. And Wen and Tia are bonding over dresses, things like that. Both, it seems like... When unable to kind of bond with her daughter to some extent, and Shay has a similar kind of thing, they're just so different. But then we get them on the plane, and there's a very fun bit which Aaron would like this kind of cocktail, I guess, next week. Lychee, which I had have never had heard a, of. A lychee martini? No. I have. They're very good. Okay. The lychee looks like a little, like, when it's in your martini glass, at least. What is the lychee? It's a fruit, oh, okay. but it looks like a jellyfish or something. Interesting. <laughs> See, Ben and I are man of the people. We don't we don't know what a is. <laughs> well, when I lived in New York, there was this place where my roommate and I would always go get their lychee martinis when they had a happy hour because it was. Aaron, say bagel. Bagel. Okay. Bagel. Um, I'm not PJ. <laughs> no, I know. It's just a bagel. It's just a community bagel. bit because Brett is always like, "I live in New, I lived in New York," and then says, "Bagel weird." Anyway, <laughs> so they're on their plane, and Shay's like, "Is it too early for cocktails?" And Wen says, "Shay, Jen, I would never gainsay the weatherman's judgment." I just love that. That was very fun. Mm-hmm. It's cute. Let's go, girls. Mm-hmm. Or let's not go I to Shatara by ourselves, girls. With two bodyguards, girls. I would call for a community drink if I was not out of drink. The variety of drinks that I had in front of me earlier. Ben's drinking for us. Drink for four. Uh, There's just a a serious lack of bodyguards on this trip. Especially because we learned they have fingers in the country. Right. They have the police. I mean, you got to be rolling at least like four or five green. Also, if you're in the middle of nowhere and a cop pulls you over for no reason, maybe keep keep driving driving until you get to a like safer location. Let's let's hold it for a second. That's all Shay's fault. I got that. We're gonna get it. We gotta we gotta handle some other things first. I'm sorry, guys. So no peach is using spies and white rats to kind of give intel to the police to use the police as like a private army almost in Shatar to stake out a little claim in the country, gain a foothold. I thought that was super interesting given how the mountain 
you know, dominates the underground, the criminal underworld of all these countries. And that's how they get into their various outreach offices. And like, instead of trying to play that game like they did in Restville, they're like, let's go with the cops on this one. Doesn't work in Shatar. Nope. Well, not this specific time. No. It was working, but ultimately no. Then we get Wen negotiating with the film industry dude. Kind of interesting. I felt like, and this might just be because I knew what was coming and went on too long. So I'm just curious if it felt like it was lingering a little bit for you guys or if that's just she because I knew just what like, was coming. I felt like she was... give it up. Yeah, I was like, he said no, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. It seemed like she was fighting too hard for it. Well, and he was just like very obviously like... I really can't consider this. And yeah. I'm trying to be like, I it's got- like on Shark Tank. I'm sorry, I have other investors mm-hmm. that need to decide. Yeah, she was like uh, truly that last, that last little bit fucked them so hard. That was the problem. Yeah, her her tr- her trying too hard to be Hilo, the deal maker. Yeah. yeah, she got a little too like into into the it. gangster part of it. <laughs> yeah, and she has like combined with like her passion for mm-hmm. this idea and her wanting it to work. Yeah, which goes a long way to explaining why she wouldn't say no. Of course. Yeah, and then I just feel like usually, maybe because she's so passionate about this, she wasn't clear headed. I feel like normally she wouldn't have gone the route of the Shatarians think we're thuds. Let's lean into it. She would have gone with like. Let's do the opposite and show him how pleasant and civilized we are and like try to charm him, right. not threaten him. Yeah, that's not usually her play. Her play is charming and just like showing reason and that kind of thing. Like reasonably talking people into it, but like the threats. We've never really seen her lay down threats except for like right before she was about to die. She's like, do you know who? my husband is you know mm-hmm. yeah but that obviously gets us to what we really want to talk about the abduction so there's the car ride while before they get stopped and kidnapped um where they discuss some of Wen's dedication to the film industry and how much shay admires her at least shay thinks about that and when has the line about how many in the clan would say that her only real duty hadn't been fulfilled and it was basically to give the clan an heir. I kind of read that as she had already fulfilled her only duty, which was to produce an heir. I think they say, she says many in the clan would say that she hadn't. Oh. Right. But now that that Nico has left... Ruse a stone eye. Hey, and Ruse a stone eye. If everyone weren't so Jaya sexist. is not a man. Yeah. Then she did produce an heir. Ever heard of the Queen of England? Nope. Ever heard of not. Cleopatra? Who? Ever heard of the Honorable Puck, who's the New Zealand Prime Minister? <laughs> oh, she, she's, she, she's, she's a cool. badass. So the subduction happens. (laughs) There is, I think, you know, I got to say it. It's just kind of a tough look for Shay here. Like, you know, you're stopped in the middle of nowhere. Let's drive to the embassy and deal with the cops there. You know, let's drive to the hotel. Yeah, or at least like a fucking gas station. They're like literally in the woods. 
like, what are we doing, Shay? And I think this gets into like some of that lats planning we've been touching. First of all, there's a staggering lack of security. We got two guys, very formidable, but I don't know. I've seen more formidable. I would say. Yeah, um, they don't give. Also, me a I lot. wish I wish Taco would have <laughs> been like, you know what, Shay? I'm in Fuck charge. You yeah. and like drove off. Yeah, the minute a he clear, asked him to get out of the car. That's what I was going to say. There's a clear, like, yeah. they need to be empowered. Like, hey, if there's any right. hint of a security issue, security you're not in situation. charge. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's the other problem with this is like, if Shay's you're only like, going to have two of do them. It. No, drive up. The minute he said, get out of the car for no reason, he should have hit the gas. Right. I think before that, I think the fact that the cop was nervous walking yes. next to the car and perceptively so. And Shay, like, I feel like, like Shay's a little tipsy. That should have been a huge fucking red flag. Right, because they know, I, it means they knew who's in the car. Yeah, like, or someone's in the yeah. car that's, like, dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like, you know, Shay's, I was picturing Shay, like, kind of, like, leaned against the door, feet up on the thing, even though that's not how it's described at all, and just kind of, like, a little drunk, little in... Her cops feeling it, had a great night out. She's just not on her shit right here, and we need her to be. Yeah. Yeah. We need Taco and. Yeah, they got him at the right time, too. Who's like... the other guy? <laughs> Dudo. Dudo. Dudo and Taco. Taco and Dudo is kind of nuts. It's kind of a funny name, <laughs> name combination. Yeah. They should have been like, I'm sorry, Shay Jen, but no. Yeah. <laughs> Like, deal with Jen and yell that later. Yeah. Also, like, isn't can we can we non lethal channel into the top the second he's like take like give me your take off your weapons just be like bro and just like bang yeah, knock the him air down out of him. and then drive away and deal with it later be like hey there was a misunderstanding she's literally been kidnapped before so we're a little jumpy go back to the embassy yeah like I need also it's I need not a real better. cop anyways right probably probably not. Could I mean could still be, but even so, yeah. Like we'll fucking deal with it later. Is my I don't. Also, like I get she's the weatherman, and I get she's past her physical prime, and she's wearing less jade than she did in her peak because she lost the fight to Ike. But like, we can't hit the Barracudans ass. There's three of you guys. <laughs> Aren't there like that's, twelve of them though? That's what I was saying. I, know, I was kind of like, disappointed in the. Them overall performance they like really didn't, they didn't take yeah. anybody and out Shay. really Shay's yeah. a badass they needed they, Tar there apparently cause he can beat up a crowd of 20 people and I did the Baritone are actually dangerous and like yeah hardened criminals who know how to use Jade but still like I just I need to see our Greenbone friends take an ass once again yeah I did mm-hmm. I just wanted them to go out fighting a little bit more Overall. Yeah, all three didn't take him alive is tough. Yeah. Well, I mean, fully alive. one of them. I think when when's the liability? I think Tato was carrying when right, and he got shot three times, so that's fine. I'll give him a pass. Right. Judo got taken out to a pipe to the head. Come on, my dude. Also, who brings a pipe, pipe to, to a the head? Pretty fucking hard, though. Well, it's just like take some dudes out with you. Like they I really think he didn't killed get like, any one, shot. a couple. Yeah, I don't know. Shay they killed just... a couple too. I think. Or she killed, she killed one. one. Yeah, she one. killed one, one and then guy. channeled into the wrong part of the other yeah. guy. Come on, Shay. This is like Hilo is fanatical. He's always working out and like practice and keeping his skills sharp. 
He's where's the where's the dedication from the rest of No Peach? Yeah, there was just there were several mistakes that were made. Where's the passion? Having kids gives you different priorities. Also, they're on the boring side of the clan. Boring. Yeah, these ladies are soft. I I do kind of wish I know he did stress down by Hilo in the next chapter. I do think this would have been a cool opportunity for us to see Woon kind of go badass Woon, maybe. He's got to think of Tia. Could have been a cool little romantic getaway for them, and then all of a sudden he has to hulk out. Anyways, there were a, a lot of annoying mistakes made. Right. Yes. It's just lackadaisical. Uncharacteristic from our, our power, yeah. power gals here. It's like they had to all make all of these mistakes for them to have this abduction, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you think... This was only driven by the movie studio thing. Like, I must be because they knew where they were staying. So yeah, they knew yeah. to kind of intercept so. them. So they, the, the Baritone put this guy, movie together quick. Right. Or put this the plan movie studio quick. guy seemed very and he did he admits to that too people. in the next chapter. Yeah. Yeah. God damn, tough. So Shay is forced to disarm and remove her jade. Very degrading for her. And then Hilo gets the call while training with his nephew, Mate Cam. Just wanted to shout that out. And he's pretty cold handling this all thing together, all things considered. Yeah. I mean, gives him a little bit of a taken speech. Mm hmm. <laughs> yeah, a little Liam Neeson here. Yeah. Also, Hilo's got to be like, really, again? Like, come he's on, like, when? Stop being abducted. I mean, I get that perspective a little bit, but also it's been how many years? But this is Shatar. Yeah. To be a little smarter. Yeah. It's been a long time. Like, it's been a really, really long time. It's been long enough that they joke about it. That Hilo jokes about it is how long it's been. Yeah, no secrets or whatever he says. Or no, you two are bad influences on each other, and they still are. They still are. But yeah, we get the sort of taken speech where he's like, "Hey, you gotta look out for your men, not me." And then it ends with, "If they're mistreated in any way, none of you will get to enjoy the jade or money you've gone to the trouble of getting from me, because you'll all die very badly." And the captor, <laughs> who we don't know their identity yet, you're exactly as people say you are, Carl Hilo. You could be burning in hell and have some arrogant thing to say to the devil. Just to be, and then, you know, typical kidnapper things. Is This this is the second time we get the devil reference, right? I remember this caused a, a debate or a stir last time as well. I know we're late in the evening, <laughs> late in the discussion. I just wanted to shout it out. What's going on with the devil in this world? Because the god, the equivalent of who I assume god would be in Espenia is the seer. But we got the devil. It's always devils out there. Wow, so initially, I thought that that initial conversation with the Shatarian movie studio executive, when he said whatever it meant, like wh- whatever the translation mm-hmm. was, like marry the devil, get the devil's mother, or like whatever that term was. I thought that's what he meant was like oh I don't want to get into the I don't want to get into bed with Hilo. Like Hilo's oh. the devil. Like initially yes, that but was then they my say he's already it. in bed with the devil, right? Like right up there. Yeah. I okay. Yeah, I thought that too. I gotcha, I gotcha. But that doesn't answer your 
No, it's just the the, the devil clearly but... exists in this world. A devil of some sort, yes. Yes. Creepy. Creepy. But that brings us to chapter 45. Speaking of the devil, I guess. Very bad people. We cut from the aftermath of the call to when? In captivity and finding her captors even more ruthless than she anticipated. As they kill Taco after, after she attempts to get him medical care. From there, we flash back to Kaycon and find the main call house of War Room, with preparations being made to track Shay, Wen, Dudo, and Taco. Which, you know, we don't need all four of those plans anymore. Ouch. So, even terrified and in captivity, Wen is observant and gathering little tidbits of info on her captors, I feel like. Yeah, she's trying to survive. Mm-hmm. She's good at it. She's got some schemes going, I feel like. Always scheming. Yeah. These are just brutal. They're evil men. Felt very 80s action movie-esque where, like, we should do something about that noise. Bang. And just kill them. (laughs) Yeah. It's, like, designed to show us that these are really, like, these are evil guys, guys. Yeah. They were just letting him suffer from gut gunshots. Just showing us, like, it's not, this is not going to be easy. These dudes aren't going to just, like... But they will you're actually gonna, kill people. Yeah. You can't sweet talk them. And you're just not going to show up with like green bones and like, you know, wipe them out or whatever. Not going to scare them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also like for as good at this stuff as when is she's a little out of her depth even. Definitely. I think that and was then, proved earlier in these chapters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then we get back to Tayton. We have cell phones apparently and they're like tracing the call. Hilo's fucking pacing around. There's more spy stuff going on. Yeah, that was... uh... I am so excited to see where this evolves. (laughs) Like, just just from a technology standpoint Mm -hmm. and the cross between technology and Jade and how it might come to... I don't know. I'm not even sure I clocked this Come to a marriage. It's only because they were, like, bouncing the the phone call. It was, like, bounced off a cell phone with a radio. Yeah. These are like flip phone razors. These aren't smartphones. I think this is well before razors. I think this is (laughs) like before Nokia bricks. This is like the the big ass giant like like pull the antenna. Yeah, moving cellular. Yeah, pull the antenna out. (laughs) Fucking things. This is like the movie Clueless. Yes. Yeah. Shoe phone mm-hmm. sized cell phones, which is where we are now, just they're flat. True, good point. Yes, so despite how mishandled a lot of this was in Shatar, we do see the power of No Peak internationally and like the reach of their arm. Even in Shatar, we got white rats getting intel. We have Hami able to uncover that the film guy was behind this and just like abduct him from his driveway. Hami's still got it. You know what I mean? He's washed up. He's old. Clearly put his jade back on, I guess. But him and those fingers, they just abducted the guy. I feel like he could have abducted that guy without jade. He probably could have. seemed pretty easily (laughs) scared and cowed. That's just the vibe I got that he's put his jade back on. He could have gotten him into the car with his hand in his pocket shaped like a finger gun. Yeah. He'd be like, hey, get in the car. And the guy would I'm catching these, get in the car. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Anyway, Hami's just hard, basically, is what I'm getting at. Definitely. 
I'm getting yeah. at this wasn't a hard abduction. <laughs> no, but right. you know, still, I liked how they figured it Give out. Give us some credit, Aaron. Yeah, yeah. No, I. I <laughs> Aaron says Hami's a baby. My baby point is, bitch. we don't know if he has his jade back on. I thought it was no, pretty yeah, hopeless. That, that's when a fair, you get that. very fair point. I thought it was hopeless when they got that call and they were like, "You'll never find us." Ever blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Like, yeah, now they have a lead. Yeah. So this was like, oh, I was like, oh, sweet. Yeah, they know what game yeah. is, at least. Yeah. And they know it doesn't seem like they know as much as you can know, I guess, that yeah. um, no, uh, the mountain is not involved and it's some other power play afoot. I'm still holding out for Aitmata. I think they're going to reach out to the mountain or the mountain's going to reach out to them and we're going to get some help. I mean, based on what yeah. we know, that seems Reaching logical. across the aisle. Seems like a great idea. Yeah, but we uh, we leave you on a pretty tough cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm ready to to, to keep reading. Keep reading. Yeah, Thanks a <laughs> lot, I should Thomas. say the uh, the ransom demanded for when is two million thaliers in cash and forty kilograms of jade, mm-hmm. something to that effect, and then um, cut jade specifically. Yes. So ready to go, jade basically. And then they'll get Wen back. And then a week later, if no Pete pulls out of the country, they'll get Shay and then whichever of the bodyguards are still alive. Yep. Which... And they have to do a public statement that they will not go to Shatar. We'll see what happens we next week see. in Jade Legacy. Yeah, this was a tough cliffhanger. Yep. So, who won the week? This was maybe the hardest one. Make Tar? I can remember. He. Killed Make himself. Tar. Well, I mean, he think that's he kind did, of what he, he wanted. He did throat punch, <laughs> yeah. which is pretty cool. You know, it could be the Shatarian gangsters. Damn I mean, it. They had a pretty good week. <laughs> they had a... Andon facilitated week. a lot this week. I was gonna. I was thinking Andon as well. Yeah, Andon like, did great. Puppet, puppeteering, puppet mastering. And not even, like, puppet mastering maybe a little bit in Make Tar sense, but just... Advising, yeah, right, and and being a, I guess a puppet, good role puppet master makes Nico. it seem more sinister than it is. I just, yeah, advising, yeah, yeah. How many times has um, Andon won the have, week? Is he allowed to win again? I think we have tar bets to pay off. Oh shit! So PJ, I feel like we'll do this next time. We're <laughs> too. It's too late to do it now. We'll pay off the tar bet next week. I think. I'm out of drink. Yeah, we're so out. Of, I'm out of drink. I'm. I'm I'm out. Let's do it. Let's remember to do wow, that like yeah. first thing in the morning. Yeah. Or first thing in the episode. With donuts. That's, that's not right. That is too. No, it's not. I, I think it fits. No, it doesn't. No options. Call Tar. They don't have any options. I see Tar returns. <laughs> and, and totally, totally redeems himself. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, baby. I don't think any of those work. <laughs> um, okay. So, who won the week? Kind of, I heard Andy from PJ. I think I'm also on the Shatarian Gangsters bandwagon. Ben, you rocking with Tar? I'm saying I'm sticking swayed? with Tar because he totally okay. redeemed himself. I just want to get that on the record. Scholars you have made that <laughs> argument. Will it be upheld? <laughs> Join us next week on Where's Some Whiskey. <laughs> so. That's where we'll leave you for this week. Next week is our seventh episode, and we'll be talking about chapters 46 through the third interlude. Wow.
we're getting towards the what, end. Thank you, Tim and Andrew, for keeping the show's lights on. Thank you, my wonderful, beautiful, amazing co-hosts for wow. being here with me and filling in the void that has been left by, by Crossland, who has fallen into a porta potty <laughs> by his butt. His boy his is where is he stuck belongs. In a porta potty. I hope he has his <laughs> cigarettes can't with get him. Out. Will Tross uh, ever ben, return? Ben That's the next like Spotify poll. Because <laughs> he's a man this of is class. Yeah, ben, is, ben is not a fan. Check out our show notes down below. I don't know. Is it below? I think is it when you listen to it, your phone here? prints out an index card. Oh, that's right. There's printers in modern phones mm. now. They print out index cards. Uh, so look at that index card that your phone printed out when you started this episode, and you can then type in the links, the hyperlinks that have been printed out where you can We are devolving. Find... <laughs> <laughs> falling apart. Our schedule, Dad's our previous here. episodes, we need our Dad websites, to come back. <laughs> just, like, social media accounts <laughs> all in one convenient location. Those social media accounts are Words Whiskey Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit. If you want to email us and send us just wild shit that Crossland will read and uh, like I don't read the emails because of the spoilers, so send Crossland wild shit. Send him porta potty. He can't tell memes. me not to say this at wordsandwhiskeyshow at gmail.com. He, he's just on the porta potty. He has nothing to do but read your emails. So email him at wordsandwhiskeyshow at gmail.com. Join our Patreon where you can like join this discussion and shape the way that these episodes go sometimes at patreon.com forward slash words and whiskey is forward slash still the vernacular i think so i think so i don't know why it's different than a regular slash but it is i guess and our t-shirts are still on t public because crossland hasn't gotten our t-shirt printer up and running yet and he won't for a while because he's on the toilet and he's stuck <laughs> thank you for your support we love you we miss you He's gonna, I don't know why I said that. He's going he's gonna to love. Good to see you. We, we're, we'll be here next week. Okay. <laughs> and don't forget to rate and review five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, we will throat punch you. When we get our jade back. It's succinct and true. Bye. 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 <laughs>